Well, welcome back, everybody, once again to Sex and Couples Therapy with a Happy Ending Therapist. I am Donna Harris Richards, LICSW and CST, that's Licensed Clinical Social Worker and Certified Sex Therapist, here with my most wonderful producer, Vicki. Hi, Vicki. How you doing? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing great, doing great. And uh, today we're going to be talking about blended families. So we're going to take some time for that. And then first, of course, I want to talk about my mission here very quickly. Just state the mission, which is to help individuals, couples, and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health, mental health, and wellness. We go for annual mammograms, gynecological exams, and prostate exams for our physical sexual health. I feel that we owe ourselves checkups on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal health and wellness. So there we go. Um, actually, today is interesting because... Um, we are, well, we're recording a, a couple of podcasts today. And in the next two, um, we're doing uh, blended families, and we're also going to be doing one on sex and aging. And this is sort of, we're ending season one here. We're wrapping up. We're going to take a break. And I have really enjoyed myself here with Vicki and the team. So folks, just get ready. We're, we're taking a break, and we're not sure when we'll be back, but there's lots to listen to, right? We'll have, uh, I don't know. 50-something podcasts in this season. So check it out, whatever you haven't had a chance to check out. And I really want to thank my team so much, Vicky, of course, and Justin and Serena and Teresina and Nick, all from TFG. So exciting. You guys have been awesome. So couldn't have done it without you. Well, we're happy to, happy to be here and do it with you. So I think this has been great. Oh, it's been wonderful. I had no idea what I was stepping into when we started doing this. It was not my idea to do these podcasts. <laughs> it was presented <laughs> to me. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. But, you know, as an old showbiz gal, I figured, all right, how how tough can it be? Well, <laughs> it was, it's been challenging, but exciting. And I've learned a lot. And, you know, hopefully folks out there have learned a thing or two. This is not therapy, obviously. We're just sort of talking about topics that I work with uh, people on in therapy, in sex therapy, couples therapy, family therapy. So it's really interesting when we do these because it helps me get my head together about um, some of the, the main ideas that I want to help people with. So it's kind of mm -hmm. it's kind of been nice uh, as a review for me in a way, you know, because you get away from certain things. And then when you come back to it, and you do more reading or reviewing. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. So it's been it's been really great and fun and challenging and wonderful, just like life. Well, you've you've done a great job. So it's been a lot oh. of fun for us, too. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Vicki. And people, <laughs> I, they, you know, when they call me, they say, I listen to your podcast and they really have been enjoying them. So that's nice to hear. So keep listening, folks. And uh, again, it's, you know, <laughs> Vicki and I were talking this morning about, you know, the idea of wrapping up. And suddenly I got a little emotional. I was like, oh, it's like <laughs> sort of saying saying you know so long for now and yeah. it's interesting because we're doing this this podcast now on on blended families and i'll just dive right in if you don't mind um, yeah what what was funny uh, just this morning i realized wow so here's an experience of a kind of a an ending right or a loss which is very much a part of what i'm doing with folks in therapy so I said to Vicky, I said, as I started to become tearful, how much do I owe you? I'll send you, I'll send you for the visit. 
<laughs> because it, it really is, again, this idea of normalizing, right? And when, when we do experience endings or, or you know, then the, the challenge of a new beginning, there's a sense of kind of grief and bereavement. And it's like, I'm a little sad because, you know, this has been so great. And, I know. Uh, you know, I, again, perhaps in the future, but we don't have a plan for that at the moment. So I'm just like, hmm, this has been so nice. Yeah. And so a multitude of emotions comes up, right? And so um, where am I going with this? You know, talking about blended families today, I think that can often be like anything, sort of loss and grief at the heart of what people are dealing with, right? So, you know, Vicki, as I always say, I'm, I'm normalizing so much. I'm not coming from a pathological perspective of, of, you know, what's wrong with that person. It's like, let's look at the system. Let's look at the the system of of the relationships and what's going on, right? If we're sad... Um, yeah, there's probably a loss that's happened. Um, or if we're, oh, I don't know, you know, loss on many levels, right? Loss of, well, so let's talk about blended families. Let me go to the topic here for a second. So loss of people, right? It may be that you've lost your spouse due to death or divorce. Um, you know, people come to therapy because they've lost their children, sadly. Um, they're dealing with maybe the topic of empty nesting, right? Um, people are coming in quite often, you know, just sort of coping couples and families coping with the loss of the relationship as it was in the beginning, right? Including our incredibly rich and wonderful hormonal sex life for the first two years. Now we're together 10. What happened? Right. So we sort of walk through that. Uh, sometimes people are dealing with loss of their health or uh, physical ability or their youth and their aging um, or their career, you know, like that. So um, adjusting to change is never easy. So with blended families, there is a, a wonderful um, leading expert on the topic named Patricia Papper now, or Paper now. And she wrote a book called Becoming a Step Family, Patterns of Development in Remarried Families. This is like a great resource. I think we're putting her book up on my website soon. Um, so she's terrific. There's also a, a, a writer, Froma Walsh, who wrote a book called Normal Family Processes. She's a, a doctor and a um, social worker. And actually, I want, I'm going to start with uh, Dr. Uh, Froma's uh, quote. She says, step families, successful step families, understand that their transitional difficulties are predictable and not due to personal inadequacies. And the actions they take can lead to happiness and satisfaction for all members of the family unit. She also says something really interesting. I was just kind of thumbing through her stuff. And she says essentially that a strong marriage, you know, the re a remarriage, well, let's say it's not a blended family. In any marriage where there's children, the strongest marriage is actually a protective factor in the mental health of children. Hmm. So forget about how you discipline them or you take care of them or nurture them. The two people together, I mean, I know there are, uh, you know, single parents out there. Um, but it, when we're talking about, again, a family where it's, you've got, it's a bio family or a step slash blended family, that marriage that's strong between the couple, that's a protective factor. It lowers children's anxiety, any sort of, you know, psychological issue that kids are going to have, depression, you know, behavioral stuff. The stronger the, the marriage, the, the better off the kids are. Wow. 
Yeah, isn't that cool? Protective factor in mental yeah. health. What a great phrase. You know, it's like a life jacket for your kids. I mean, they've done studies with kids where they've been, you know, had, had no parenting. Maybe they were foster children. And once they're placed in a, in a home where that there's a coupling like that, it just does wonders for kids. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's really great news. I mean, and this is like, you know, years and years of research. This is not a new idea. So... Uh, talking about step families and, and how long the process can take for blending, you know, some families are faster than others, but according to Patricia Papper now, a step family can take anywhere from four to 12 years for the blending to happen. Now, I know wow. that sounds like a long time. Right? Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, and it is. But uh, if we look at it in stages, I think that helps. And I'm just going to spend a few minutes in the beginning before we get to what folks can do um, to you know, help themselves, uh, just talk about what those stages are, right? So um, there's three early stages, there's two middle stages and two later stages. So I'll just say a little bit about each stage. Um, so the first early stage, as you can imagine, is called the fantasy stage, right? Uh, the adults are getting together and they're yearning to heal the pain created by either the divorce or the death, right? Um, both partners might imagine that because, you know, they adore each, the step parents and the children will too. <laughs> well, you know, nothing could be further than the, from the truth because really kids, most children uh, are really hoping their parents will get back together. Yeah. That's, that's their fantasy. So their fantasy works at odds with the adult's fantasy, right? Um, you know, step parents may fantasize about marrying a nurturing parent and the bio parent may fantasize that, you know, this new person in their life is going to ease the load of parenting, you know, and then of course the kids have that <laughs> polar opposite perspective, you know, most kids, not, not all kids. I mean, some kids are relieved when their parents divorce or separate because uh, it's been just so conflicted. But anyway, that's the very first earliest stage. Um, and then there's what's called the immersion stage, according to Dr. Papper now, where members in the step family are faced with the reality of the new structure. It's like, okay, here we are. Um, Step parents uh, encounter unexpected, really strong and negative feelings. So that comes up a lot for people. You know, there's jealousy, resentment, confusion. You know, they often feel like the outsider. And that's that's a difficult place to be. Um, you know, there can be a similar, I was thinking about this, there can be a similar dynamic when e even two people are having a biological child and, you know, she's pregnant and about to have a baby. Um, you know, that the parent who's not pregnant can feel on the outside. You know, whether it's, you know, you're talking about a heterosexual couple or a same sex couple, you know, the, the person who is not the one, you know, with the biology there can just feel like I want to get in. I want to be a part of this. So it's so important to keep that in mind and have everyone feel included and have their role. And, you know, so everybody feels better, but it's challenging and it's not easy. It doesn't come naturally. People don't know what to do. Right. So, you know, sometimes they they do it on their own. Sometimes they seek a therapist, a family therapist. Um but as an outsider, you know, it's it, again, it's difficult. And the biological parent is somewhat less uncomfortable because they have sort of the support and nourishment of their own biological children. Right. So it's a little bit easier for them. Um, but that step parent has this uneasy feeling, you know, something is wrong. It must be me. Well, it's not. I mean, it's just sort of the dynamic that's going on. Um, and then the third sort of last part of the early stage is called the awareness stage where step families begin to kind of put names on their painful feelings hopefully 
you know, they can identify what's going on. I feel on the outside. I feel jealous. I feel afraid. Um, and that can be really helpful. So the partner can hear what's going on and there's a greater understanding. They can figure out, well, maybe they need to shift something. Um, so <laughs> what that can do for the step parent is have them say, you know, um, I, I'm jealous, not because I'm neurotic, but because I am an outsider. You know, what's happening is natural. It makes sense, right? Um, and this is where families begin to kind of give up fantasy, the fantasy of the instant family, right? It's just, it's not that easy. This is, there's a big transition here. Um, and hopefully they start to understand that they're, uh, they have to take this perspective that I, I'm, I'm getting to know these strangers that I have joined. This is not like, boop, you know, instant, we're all happy here. This is a process. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, they're sort of, looking, you know, whether they're getting the help of a therapist or not, you know, just looking to have a better functioning process for everybody. So the task and the, the tasks, sorry, in those early stages where, you know, step families can develop themselves better are uh, sort of number one, bearing. It's, it's a load to bear, the confusion and disappointment um, of early step family living without giving up. You know, a lot of people go, oh, this is too hard. I'm out of here. Well, yes, it feels hard, but it's normal. This is what happens, right? Um, they begin to hopefully identify and articulate the different experience that the step family structure creates for everybody in the step family. Step families are not like bio families. You know, they're different. So it's really important to understand that this is different and harder. Um, and then finally, relinquishing fantasies enough to engage in the step-by-step -step process of building a family out of strangers, right? I mean, that's essentially what it is. But successful step families or blended families are beautiful to watch, right? Because it's kind of like, you know what it reminds me of? It, it reminds me of this idea, Vicki, you can relate to this and I can relate to this. You know, we don't get to pick who we're born to. Right. And mm -hmm. so if we're not wild about who we're born to or who our siblings are, we can make new families out of friends. Mm -hmm. Right. And people that we get to know in our lives. So, you know, that's a, a kind of a similar thing in a way. Not exactly. But, you know, you're because in a step family, kids are not making a choice here. But, you know, really rich relationships can be developed over time. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And it can feel well, like family. Yeah, and I think it's tough too. You know, you're you're coming in as a if you're coming in as a step parent or a step sibling, you know, coming into a different established family. You know, if there's emotion there, the the established family is trying to hold on to the bits of what they had and what they can, and it's hard for kids to right. figure it out and work through it. And while their parent is figuring it out and working through it, and you know, and then there's probably things that you know, that, that step parent and that step sibling are trying to hold on to from their, from their family too. And, and everyone, it's like a power yeah. struggle in a way, but it's not, not meant to be malicious. It's just everyone trying to emotionally right. hold on to what they had in a way. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important. The point you're making here about, you know, adults being open with their kids about saying how hard this is, you know, this is not easy for, for any of us. And, um, so to talk a lot, plan a lot, you know, be open a lot. Um, and you're making me think about, I, I had a, a family once, I've had many blended families I've worked with, but uh, one, one, well, two I'm thinking of now, but the one I was thinking about when I was sort of figuring out what I wanted to talk about today, um, they were going from 
they were in the middle stage. So the, so the middle two middle stages are mobile, the mobilization stage and the action stage, right? So what's mobilization? You know, um, I'll describe it and then I'll tell the story of my, my family that I worked with. So uh, the mobilization stage is the family, particularly as a couple, openly airing differences between family members' needs, right? This can be like chaotic and intense and feel like you're on the battlefield. Um, and the fights might appear trivial, but what you're saying, Vicki, it's kind of like everybody's just sort of trying to figure out their position and they're just trying to get through the day. And they're, you know, again, they've lost what was familiar and now they're having to transition into this new frontier. And yeah, nobody's trying to be bad. They're just <laughs> trying to, you know, be loved and feel safe and secure. And it's, yeah, it's challenging. So there's the mobilization stage and then the action stage. So um, the action stage is this idea of negotiating new agreements, like how the family will function, you know, mm -hmm. um, who's going to do what around the house, uh, what's fair, what's not fair. So um, this family that I worked with, actually, they were going from the, they were kind of moving from a middle stage to the later stage when they came in. And it was very brief, actually. Um, and it was the daughter who was the one asking for the therapy. So she was I'm trying to remember now. I can't recall. She was maybe 14, 13 or 14. And she came in with her stepmom and her biological father. And her, her biological mother had died. And stepdad, I'm sorry, pardon me, biological dad of the adolescent female, um, you know, he came in with his new wife. And uh, it was a little bit of a Cinderella story because the 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 daughter the the teenager was saying you know it feels like things are not fair around the house you know i'm doing a lot of the housework and the vacuuming and the this and you know my stepsister uh comes maybe she was older maybe she was 16 because the stepsister was now a college she was like maybe 17 or 18 and when she would come home you know the my client was saying it doesn't feel fair because she's not being asked to do all the stuff i'm doing mm -hmm. right so so this idea that, um, was it about that? Yes, but it was also about, I think, the the adolescent and the stepmom jockeying to find their positions in terms of their own relationship now. Yeah. Right, this this was where the little kiddo, not kiddo, but you know, again, 16, I mean, she was really starting to grieve the loss of her mother. That hadn't happened before because here was this new wonderful woman, stepmom, who just wanted nothing more than to make all of this work beautifully. And so there was a lot going on. And they were actually in this stage where they were sort of moving from the middle stage to the to the later stage, sort of trying to figure out better functioning, who was going to do what, but what does this mean for our relationship too? Like the 13-year-old or 16-year-old or whatever she was at the time saying, I want to feel as important to you as your own biological daughter is to yeah. you. You know, I want yeah. you to see my plight and feel for me. And there was a lot of healing. You know, again, it was very brief, but a lot of tears and a lot of, you know, they left and it was really good. I think they probably went on to do well, I hope. Hmm. Oh, but, you know, being being in the trenches with them as a, as a therapist is, you know, I always feel so lucky because I feel like, wow, I get to be a part of the healing here. Because healing does happen. So, you know, going from those middle stages as they were sort of moving on toward the later stages, um, the two that Dr. Papper now describes as the contact stage and the resolution stage. Um, so the contact stage is kind of where the fun, the family is kind of 
beginning to experience their honeymoon at last, so to speak, which is nice. You know, they're they're sort of establishing ways in which they're functioning more easily now. Uh, the marital relationship between the adults becomes more of a source of kind of nourishment and support rather than conflict. Um, and they're forging real relationships and it's rich and it's lovely. Uh, and then finally, this resolution stage that Pepper now uh, describes is how, you know, the, the family um, begins to have really solid and reliable step relationships. You know, my husband grew up in a blended step family and, you know, he he talks about how his stepdad, so it was his bio mom and stepdad, um, you know, he, he, he and his bio dad are very close today. Um, but his relationship with his stepdad was so beautiful because stepdad came in um, sort of as a friend and a good host and worked really hard to forge a, a really nice relationship with him. He was the oldest of three kids, my husband. And that was a beautiful foundation that they developed off which they jumped later to more sort of, you know, he became more of a disciplinarian later, but he was, the stepdad was very, um, what's the word? Just gentle and patient. <sighs> Not easy, right? <laughs> New marriage, three kids. His, he had two, two of his own kids. So there were like five kids. Ah, it was, you know, it's chaotic. But, so much. Um, That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but, but it went well. So again, you know, four to seven to 12 years it can take. Um, some folks get stuck. I, I do think family therapy can help because it can help people see what's going on from the outside, that this is normal. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, it's just part of how it works. So uh, tips, right, to help folks. Again, it's not therapy here, but things to keep in mind. Um, and, and some of this stuff you can find on a really good website I like called helpguide.org, uh, Tips for a Healthy Blended Family. They talk about uh, what's really in the research, which is that a good, strong marriage is critical so kids feel secure. Um, so if you work on nothing else, uh, really working to keep your, your coupling healthy and alive and close and wonderful. Um, you know, because the kids will likely copy the behavior that the parents display toward each other, like respect, appreciation, kindness, civility, compassion, fairness. So set aside time as a couple, you know, make regular dates. I talk about this all the time, right? You know, have have lunch together, coffee, um, you know, have your own marriage that you really nurture, because that's very good for the children. Again, that protective factor lowers kids' anxiety, rates of depression, all that stuff. Um, something uh, that's very important, I think, to remember is let the biological parent remain primarily responsible, especially in the beginning, for disciplining kids until the step-parent has developed a solid bond with each child, right? So, you know, eating dinner together, that's good for biological families, but it's really great for blended and step families. You know, every night, everybody's sitting together, having conversation. You're really developing time together as a family and forging that bond between the strangers, so to speak, right? Um, let's see. And then, you know, later on, presenting a unified parenting approach um, to the children, uh, you can, you know, kids are going to see parents disagree, argue, um, but, you know, you don't want to do too much of that because then the kids are going to split. They're going to see that as their opportunity to, you know, grab a hold of one or the other. So you want to be as unified as possible. 
uh, let's see. So uh, again, the idea of you know making sure to talk and plan. Planning ahead is so key. So what does that mean? You know, again, like who's gonna cook, and then what does that mean in terms of you know who's gonna do dishes, and you know it's not gonna be about one person cooking and doing everything, and then everybody else gets to lay around. That's not fair. So um, you know, just making sure to have plans and and keeping to those agreements. And then if agreements need to change, you can change them. But adults need to lead the way. You know, I see a lot today uh, where adults are letting kids make decisions that I don't think is good. <laughs> yeah. Because then kids are running the show. And that's that only bogs parents down later in big ways when they're teenagers. <laughs> I mean, you can give kids little... Uh, bits of power, like, you know, okay, you did great on your report card, so you get to choose, you know, strawberry ice cream for everybody or chocolate, you know, but not like what time you get to go to bed. No. You know, those decisions should be made by the adults. And again, if it's the beginning phase, the early stages, you know, let the biological parents sort of lead the way while step parent is developing their relationship with those kids. Oh, let's see. Oh, so acceptance, give it time. Just know this is hugely challenging. You know, you're looking at four to seven to 12 years. So patience is key. Um, you know, think four. You know, don't think 12. Because <laughs> that'd be too frustrating. <laughs> but expect, maybe think four and expect seven or 12. Um, so remember, you know, children, more tips, children need safety and security to feel loved and appreciated. So, you know, create fair and consistent guidelines about rules and chores. Right? Uh, communicate often and openly. O and O, really important. Um, you know, let your kids know. Look, you know, I, I talk a lot to parents, whether it's biological children or stepchildren, about um, two choice dilemmas, you know. Let your kids know, like we all have as even as adults, you know, the real the reality is we usually have two choices, right? So I can, uh, for example, go to work and get paid, or I can not go to work and not get paid. I can't not go to work and get paid. That's just not a third choice. Would I like that? Sure. That'd be <laughs> keep that money coming in, kids. <laughs> but it's not the reality, right? Yeah. So I think children get to learn that early on if you say, for example, um, oh, I don't know. The choice is you get to have a break after you come in from school and then do your homework. Um, and, uh, you know, then you'll get your device time later. But you don't get to get your device time without doing what I just said. So the choice yeah. is yours, kiddo. I mean, we can't really control... Okay. Yeah, things just started falling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, slight earthquake, kids. Uh, yeah, we we don't get to, uh, you know, have have the choice where. Uh, I mean, I suppose we could. I could, if I'm a kiddo, run to my device, but then you know, I'm probably going to get it taken away. So. Yeah. We don't we don't get to have what we want when we want it. <laughs> You're, I, Vicky. I bet your parents were. We're good with this kind of thing. You're, I know you're not from a blended family, right? But no, were your parents nope. pretty good with, you know, here are your choices, kiddo? Yeah. They was kind of like, well, you can either do this and it works out for you or, 
you can do it this way and see how it goes. But <laughs> yeah, no, when we would come home after school, we'd, we would get to play first and then we would have to come in and do our homework. Yeah. But if we didn't do our homework, then we had to do our homework before we could go play outside. Mm. And right. then everybody else was swapped in the neighborhood. So it kind of made us enjoy playing outside and then coming in to just do our homework so that we could mm-hmm. play with everybody else in the neighborhood instead of just, you know. Yeah. The one decision that was left up to us was we were in high school, but our curfew was always our decision. Oh, really? So when we would have to be home. Yeah. Um, and then that way, if, if we broke it, it was our own fault because we <laughs> we decided the time. <laughs> Ah, okay. And then what would happen? Do you remember? We would just, yeah, we would, my parents really weren't big grounding people. Like, they'd be like, all right, well, you can't, you have to do this or you can't do that. But it wasn't like a big, yeah. that big, uh, go to your room, you're grounded. That very rarely happened in our house. Yeah, but it sounds Um, like there was a consequence of your choice, whether it was positive, right? There can be positive consequences. Oh, yeah. And then it was like, all right, well, yeah. Then you can't decide the next time. I get to decide now because you decided and right. and you you didn't stick to it. So now I get to decide. And what's so. great about that is that what you want to be doing with the consequences create a feeling inside the child in the moment. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, uh-oh, you know. Because, yeah, the grounding for a week or two weeks, you know, that sort of loses its steam really quickly. Because, you know, kids can't really think of, of a week out. They're just thinking about like, yeah. one, one moment at a time. One day out tomorrow tonight yeah yeah so i like that i like that and again i think it's even more complex and complicated and blended in step families because now you have two adults you know what if the bio parent isn't home and it's the step parent kind of in charge ah it's complex so again that's why talking and planning and communicating often and openly with each other is really important you know i say to couples all the time there's this 60 40 rule i mean 40% 40% of the time, you're not going to like the way things go in your relationship. 60% keeps you in the game. You know, it's going to be good enough at 60%. You're probably going to get what you want mostly in the way that you want it. But 40%, we got to just like ah, kiss it off. So that just it just means that everybody in the blended family is different. And even, you know, the adult couple, I mean, they have differences. And that's what I'm doing with people in the work quite often is really what they call differentiation. We're accepting differences. This is very challenging. But the more we can accept differences in the partner and also with other family members, the more we grow. We're actually developing our own ability to tolerate frustration and anxiety and tension. So other... um, other things to just keep in mind are like, remember, you know, all, all brothers and sisters, siblings fall out. Don't assume all family arguments are the result of living in a blended family. I mean, a lot of it's just like what happens, right? Uh, beware of favoritism. Find support, right? Get a support group uh, for blended families. Um, and, you know, try to spend quiet time with your child each day. You know, even in the best of blended families, children still need to enjoy some alone time with each parent. So it's really important. Uh, oh, one last thing. Sorry, I know we got to go, but you know, you want to no, reassure okay. your you want to reassure your kids that your new spouse will not be a replacement, mom or dad, but another person to love them and support them. No, um, you know, like in my my husband's family growing up, the way that you know, even as an adult, what I thought was so cool was it was like, oh wow, he has four parents, not just two. Isn't that cool? <laughs> um, yeah. 
So that was nice. I mean, not that they got along famously necessarily and they, they weren't in touch, but it was just nice to think of it like that. Like, wow, four people as a support. How great. Um, and uh, yeah, and let, and let your kids know that, you know, your former spouse will continue, if it's an ex, uh, will continue to love them and be there for them throughout their lives. If, if again, if it's separation or divorce, of course, if it's death, it's, it's different. Um, but I think that's a really good way to assure kids, lower their anxiety again. So lots of things to keep in mind. And again, in the end, you know, try to get yourself to someone who is a really good family therapist, you know, certified by ASECT potentially. Um, and that can help if you're feeling like you can't, you know, do it on your own. So uh, we're going to wrap up for today and uh, thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Vicki. Really appreciate it. Thank Steve. you. Stay Thank tuned. Uh, we're going to be doing, um, you know, another one on aging, uh, which I think is appropriate, sort of wrapping up season one, right? A the aging of the season <laughs> and all the wonderful things about getting wiser as we age and all. So uh, I know I'm wiser for working with you, Vicki. So, oh, me too. I really do think so. So thank Aww, you. <laughs> thank you. So remember, everybody, you know, you can find us on Facebook at the Sex and Couples Therapist, on Instagram at the Happy Ending Therapist. Feel free to call the office at 508-990-9909. And the website is www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. Remember, always make time for pleasure and play and passion. And we'll catch you next time. 